Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. All right. Uh, good morning again. This is the second hour of Mornings with Carmen. And if you missed the first hour, um, then, yeah, you should go back and listen to it. Not only because we uh, we talked about some really important things and invited you into uh, prayer over some um, particular concerns, but also because, um, you know, there's like live interactive counsel for how you should deal with your um, devices. <laughs> so there you go. For all of you who've texted in personal questions about, you know, how to do this or that related to Amazon or Google or Siri or whatever, I am on it. Um, and I apologize to the person who started hearing the Twilight Zone play over their Echo device when I um, when I enabled Alexa by simply saying Alexa a few minutes ago, which, of course, I've now said again. So there you go. If you're listening now to the Twilight Zone over your uh, Amazon-enabled device in your home, then now you're going to be intrigued to go back and listen to the conversation in the first hour of Mornings with Carmen. So it is hour two um, on this Friday morning. Yes, we will get to the Friday far- Farm Report, but it will be short. It will be brief because we have so much other content to cover. If you're watching the financial markets, then you're probably feeling a little seasick today. Um, I recognize that. Um, I want to brief you in on a story that is being covered by um, Life uh, Life News um, and and others, but not being covered broadly by the mainstream media. And that's because, well, this is probably stuff they don't really want you to know is going on out there in the culture. So I want to tell you a little bit this morning about Paul Vaughn. Paul Vaughn lives in Centerville, Tennessee. He is uh, the father of 11 children, seven of whom are still at, you know, at home under his roof. And in March of 2021, um, although he was actually not participating in this protest at a at an abortion clinic in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, he um, was serving as an arbiter between the pro-life activists and law enforcement who were present on that day. So this story reaches back to March of 2021, when about a dozen people um, were involved um, on March the 4th at a CAREFEM um, abortion clinic in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Uh, and this CAREFEM um, abortion clinic is housed inside what I would call like a general medical office building. And so the protesters were actually in the hallway outside the door um, of the abortion facility. And according to now federal, federal charges that they are now facing, according to those federal charges, they, um, you know, they... They blocked the entry into the facility um, for both an employee and a person who was seeking that day to have an abortion. And um, and therefore, they now face charges um, in violation of the FACE Act, F-A-C-E. And you say to yourself, what? I've never heard of the FACE Act. Well, it's the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, and it is illegal to um, bar someone, an employee, or a person seeking an abortion, it is illegal 
to prohibit them in any way from entering. So in this case, these people are not outside um, a, a building, but they're in the hallway um, because the facility is, you know, it has an internal entrance inside of a building. So um, Paul Vaughn was not one of the people physically uh, in the hallway that day, but he was serving as a liaison between the protesters and law enforcement. Several people were arrested on the day. They were all um, released. No charges were, um, you know, ultimately um, levied against them. The state of Tennessee did not pursue the charges, but the Justice Department has decided that not only should these people be um, charged, but they should be um, they should be arrested in ways that make them seem like um, tremendously dangerous, villainous people, which leads us to the story of Paul Vaughn. He um, he was arrested at his home um, where uh, with guns drawn and in full body armor, the FBI showed up and in front of his children, extracted him from his house, uh, did not tell his wife who was present um, where they were taking him. And nobody heard from Paul Vaughn for six hours. Nobody knew where he was. He did not have um, his phone with him. And six hours later, when an attorney finally uh, found out where he was and got him released, um, he was released with no way of communicating with anybody about his location. I mean, you guys, this is just not how it's supposed to work in the United States of America. His attorney had already told them that he'd be willing to, um, you know, present himself um, for arrest. But instead, they chose to traumatize his family, um, arrest him in front of his children, and then haul him off. Um, for six hours of of interrogation. This is not how it's supposed to work in the United States of America. So what's going on? Well, there's going to be more to this story for sure, because one of the other people who has now been arrested is Evie Edel. Evie Edel, if you don't know her, is an 87-year-old survivor of World War II concentration camps. Um, And she has now been arrested, I don't know, something like 46 times over the course of the last 30 years, um, because she is committed to saving the lives of unborn babies. Well, she now faces 11 years in prison and up to a quarter of a million dollars in fines because she was in the hallway. She was in the hallway at the CareFem facility in Mount Juliet, uh, Tennessee, back in March of 2021. So that's what's going on on the pro-life front. Let's be praying for these um, individuals and let's be praying for um, a righteous outcome. Let's also be praying for the U.S. Justice Department because this is just not the way we're supposed to behave in the United States of America. Adam Holtz is going to join us next from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. We're going to um, celebrate the Bring Your Bible to School Day. And I'm also going to ask what he knows about a drag pastor delivering a children's sermon. Her stage name, which she goes by in church, Miss Penny Cost. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Joining us now, Adam Holtz from Focus on the Families, plugged in. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Carmen. All right. Uh, give us the over and the under on Bring Your Bible to School Day. I know we've got some uh, some things to celebrate there. Well, I think we're over on Bring Your Bible to School Day. Um, this is an initiative that Focus on the Family took over, I believe, in 2014. And it really was initially designed, and it still is, uh, a celebration and an encouragement of students to uh, to recognize the importance of religious freedom 
and that even though the Supreme Court kicked the Bible out of schools back in 1962, uh, the recognition that because we have freedom of speech, that doesn't mean that we can't, you know, that students can't bring a Bible to school. And so that is sort of the genesis of it. And really over the last eight years, uh, we have added to that um, really a, um, trying to think of the right word here. It's not a program, but but we have an entire initiative called Live It, which is encouraging students to engage and integrate their faith 365 days a year, not just on Bring Your Bible to School Day. So it's kind of both and. None of that minimizes the importance of exercising our, you know, our free speech rights and our religious liberty. Uh, but we also understand that we want kids to integrate their faith every day of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. And so our Bring Your Bible to School Day, which is the first Thursday in October every year. So it was la- a week ago Thursday. Um, and Live It, we have new challenges that are really discipleship oriented. So that is the over under on Bring Your Bible to School Day. All right. Uh, Miss Penny Cost um, is a Ms. drag pastor. Now, first of all, it would be one thing if this person were like pastoring a <clears throat> congregation of people who present themselves in drag. That's not what's going on. This is a person who right. presents themselves in drag and um, right. is not only delivering children's sermons, but the, the uh, I mean, there's some terrible, terrible uh, hermeneutics being used in justifying this person's presence uh, in church leadership. Well, and I, I think um, Pentecost made an appearance uh, at a children's service in St. Petersburg, Florida, at a Methodist church, uh, and I think that there are so many there are so many tendrils here, but I think at the core of it is a deep confusion about the purpose and place of sexuality, and that when you jettison what Scripture pretty clearly teaches. Like, I don't think what the New Testament and the Old Testament have to say about the purpose and place of our sexuality, they're not ambiguous. We're created Mm -hmm. in God's image and that we're created male and female and together a man and woman in marriage in a covenant protected relationship, the, you know, one of the outcomes of that coming together is new life, which is you know, reflective of God's creative abilities. Now, when we divorce that understanding from sexuality, what you get is a mess. Uh, And you get all sorts of, honestly, watching the video, it's hard to even know where to start with the hermeneutical gobbledygook coming out of this person's mouth. Um, But I think what is really tragic is there is a glorification of confusion and there's a glorification of confusion in the context of kids. This is the way it's supposed to be. Uh, and, I, you know, I think anybody who thinks that, that grace means we can do whatever we want actually hasn't read the New Testament. And Jesus didn't have good things to say about confusing children spiritually. I'll just leave that there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so good. That's so helpful. <coughs> Um, All right. Yeah. And for those of you who are asking, all the links um, to everything we're talking about are in the show notes today, which you can get later today at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. 
Um, Adam Holtz and I will continue our conversation here in just a moment. We're going to talk about the real housewives. There's a real housewife who wants a divorce because, well, frankly, she wanted a monogamous marriage. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. All right, Adam Holtz is the one who briefs us in on all things that are happening in the world of entertainment so that, frankly, we don't have to go and watch everything. Um, Talk with us about Ashley Darby. I don't actually know who the Real Housewives of Potomac are, but apparently she is one of them. Yeah, you know, the Real Housewives franchise is set in different cities around the country, and mostly it explores... Uh, and I'm being generous here, the relationships of rich women. I mean, if ever there were a show about privilege, <laughs> uh, you know, after we get past Keeping Up with the Kardashians, the entire Real Housewives franchise is on the list. And a lot of it is, is and I'm talking about the series, the franchise as a whole, It it's just lots of cattiness, it's lots of drama, there's lots of bad behavior. There are people doing outrageous things with their money. And, of course, there are outrageous things happening sexually. Um, and in this particular show with this character, um, it sounds like threesomes have regularly been a part of Ashley's relationship with her rich husband. But now that she's had children, um, she's not interested in that anymore. And she talks about how you know there was some a woman who was interested in her – and her husband thought that was awesome. And she's like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really want to do that anymore. And to me, I think it speaks to the indwelt reality that some part of us, even though we're, we're broken and we're subject to sin, the part of us that is created in the image of God, cracked as though it may be, and there have been a lot of theological discussions over the centuries about how much is God's image in us marred, but she's recognizing that this is not the right thing. You know, she wants a committed relationship. She wants the oneness that God designed. She wants monogamy. I mean, mono means one, right? Uh, and she doesn't want to have casual, floozy, you know, promiscuous things happening in her marriage. Her husband's not interested. And uh, so she has filed for divorce. It's, you know, it's all depicted as amicable. They're still good friends. But um, uh, to me, it just speaks to the fact that even people who may not know Jesus sometimes reach a breaking point where it's like, yeah, no, this is not the way it's supposed to be. I don't want to live like this anymore. And, and actually, I think in our relationships with nonbelievers, that's not a bad question to ask. You know, how's it going? You know, with the choices you're making, and not in an accusatory way, but just is it working out for you? Because I think... 
if if most people are being honest, uh, it isn't working. Yeah, there's a lot here um, in terms of the conversations that we could be having today as believers. The sanctity of the marriage bed would be certainly yes. one of those. These are not people who um, purport to be, you know, Christians. And so I think that's, you know, another part of this conversation that we can have, yep. let's say, with our teenage kids, like, you know, right? Like, let's talk about whether or not these this is real life. Let's talk about um, uh, the values that are portrayed among these people in these relationships, um, uh, you know, let, let, let's talk about those things because uh, Real Housewives is an opportunity for all kinds of values conversations um, for us and, and our kids and our friends. So talk with us about how kids use social media um, because this actually might surprise people. This is at PluggedIn.com. Well, and the surprise here uh, is based on some new research by Pew Research Center. Um, and, and the surprise is that only 32% of teens report ever using Facebook, and that's down from 71% uh, as recently as 2014 and 2015. Excuse me, 2015. Uh, and where teens are at is on YouTube and increasingly on TikTok. And if you know anything about those particular apps, um, those are both video-based. And so kids are living on video content. Now, we could talk about all sorts of angles related to that, but I think it's interesting that, you know, a lot of those videos, they're based on humor. And especially on TikTok, you know, there's a setup for something funny. Uh, and TikTok is really, really making gains on YouTube in terms of short form video. Um, I literally had a conversation with somebody at work the other day and he said to me, what we need to concentrate on is how to effectively make seven second videos. So mm. that's what our attention span is down to. Um, and I actually had a conversation with one of my kids the other day about YouTube and TikTok. Um, and she said, well, I'm not on YouTube very much anymore because the videos are too long. So uh, I say that a little bit confessionally, that uh, we don't always get it perfect in the whole household either, but I think understanding that these videos draw people in with the promise of a laugh often, but so much of the time there can be other issues worldview-wise and content-wise that uh, parents will want to know, you know, what are your kids involved with? What are you watching? Why are you watching it? Do you think that it is filling a void inside? Because they're all set up that you watch one and then you watch another and then you watch another and pretty soon you've lost an hour, you know, watching silly videos. So um, there's all sorts of fodder for conversation there uh, between parents and kids who are on those social media platforms. All right. This is exactly how long seven seconds is. So really in seven seconds, you have this much time to get something said. That was seven seconds. How do you effectively make a seven-second video? How do you substantively say anything in seven seconds? Like, that is yeah. that is definitely the challenge um, before us. Um, all right. Um, we got great reviews posted at PluggedIn.com for Nothing is Impossible. Another one for Werewolf by Night. So you guys need to go and check those out. Adam, as always, thank you so much for joining us and for all that you do every day at PluggedIn.com. You bet. Thanks, Carmen. Appreciate it. Hey, um, we got to take a very brief, uh, we, very, very brief break for Breakpoint. I'm smelling coffee burn. 
Um, all right, so thank you so much for those of you texting in this morning. The text line is open. Lots and lots of things coming in on the text line. I will absolutely answer those of you who have um, written to me, uh, particularly personal things that require some you know, longer attention than I can give multitasking here on air. Um, but specifically to Veronica, who's out there driving a dump truck this morning and sent me a picture of the first snow falling in Minnesota and Wisconsin. And um, and I said, oh, so fun. And then, and then maybe fun is not what you're feeling right now. And she said, no, I'm a dump truck driver. So I kind of dislike the snow. Well, there you go. It is the first, um, first snow. And want to celebrate that with those of you who are celebrating it. And the frost is on the pumpkin here in terms of the Friday Farm Report. Millie, um, the Molinator, our dog, uh, who I reported earlier in the week, had been bitten in her ear by some wild animal. Um, And because she's white with little black dots, she was covered with red. Um, Yeah, it's healing nicely, although she's still not totally 100% quite herself. But the doctor tells me nothing to worry about, nothing to worry about. She'll get back to her frisky pup state in no time. So she's on the mend. So thank you so much for your concern related to that. Hey, joining us next, Dr. Corbin Hornbeek. He is the president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. Faith Radio and Northwest Media is a part of the of the outreach of the university, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I can spit it out, of the University of Northwestern to the rest of the world. And so we're going to talk with Dr. Hornbeek next. We're going to talk about the future of Christian higher education. Where are your kids going to college? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Well, we are um, thrilled to be joined again this morning by Dr. Corbin Hornbeek. He is the president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. For those of you who maybe are just joining us um, somewhere on the Faith Radio Network, maybe you're listening on the Faith Radio app or around the world streaming at MyFaithRadio.com, and you say to yourself, hey, we know Carmen um, and we know Faith Radio. Maybe you didn't know that we are um, an extension of a university. So we are part and parcel of the Um, Northwestern Media, which is a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul in St. Paul, Minnesota, in the United States of America, where it is snowing today. And Dr. Hornbeek um, has just moved to Minnesota from Southern California. And so he's having his first snow day, official snow day. Good morning, Dr. Hornbeek. (laughs) Okay, good morning, Carmen. It's so good to hear your voice this morning. And, And yes, there's snow on the trees. There's snow on the ground. Uh, We were talking just a moment ago. I uh, do I get to declare a snow day today? Is it, yes, is that anything possible? you want. A snow anything day. you want. I've got to mm-hmm. be careful saying that because if students are listening right now, they may just not show up for class or professors may not show up or people won't show up to the campus or whatever. But Well, I, you can I declare we a to, different kind of, yeah, you can uh, declare what snow day means. So I, I snow this, day with you might mean a snowball fight in I the green so. space. I think mm-hmm. so. I think we're, mm-hmm. we're just going to have to go for it. I, I know the temperatures are on the rise, uh, <laughs> so this may melt off. We're going to have to do this quickly. All right. Immediately following uh, this show, Dr. Hornbeek is going to be in that quad area um, outside the Billy um, for a snowball fight. So if you get out there, if you're listening um, and you can get out there, that would be awesome. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about Christian higher education. Let's talk about 
the future or the fate of the religious university. Mm -hmm. There are a series of articles at Deseret uh, News right now, and I have read several of them. I'd love for you to just reflect with us on, um, you know, like the intersection of faith and reason. When we talk about Christian higher ed or we talk about a a university that is constructed around and to the benefit of a particular religious expression. We're talking about this intersection of faith and reason. So maybe that's a good place to start our conversation. Carmen, that is a perfect place to start our conversation because um, this matters to everybody. Um, This question of the intersection of uh, our Christian faith— um, and the life of our mind. And it matters to people whether or not they've gone to uh, college or university. It matters to uh, students who may be high school students today as well. So, you know, one of the, one of the biggest debates is can this idea of faith and reason, uh, can they coexist? Does one ultimately drive out the other? Um, and can they coexist? That's a big question for us. I, I always go back to, uh, as we start this conversation, I go back to one of the most important verses in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, in which uh, uh, Moses declares what is now referred to as the Shema, or Shema, some people refer it to that way. And it says this, uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Now, if we jump forward into the New Testament, Carmen, uh, Jesus uh, is challenged by the Pharisees at that one famous point, and they ask Jesus, "What's the what is the greatest commandment?" And they're they're pushing his buttons a little bit, and he uh, they say this to him, "Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the commandment in the law?" Jesus replied. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So he refers back to the Old Testament Shema, but he changes it a little bit. And he says uh, that part of our responsibility is to love the Lord our God with all of our mind. And I think that brings us into the intersection of faith and reason, Carmen. Yeah, and I've heard um, I've heard this discussed in you know in other environments, and we're talking about loving the Lord with the strength of the heart, the yeah. strength of the soul, and the strength of the mind. Um, and so what does it look like to love the Lord with all my strength or to grow up into Christ in every way? Mm. Um, maybe another passage of Scripture that we would look we would look at as well. Um, you know, if I'm going to grow up into Christ in terms of my thinking, then I am going to develop and adopt the mind of Christ on right. the matters of the day. That right. doesn't mean I'm unreasonable, but it means that I'm operating out of um, an eternal perspective um, and the perspective that God has on the world versus just the perspective that, um, you know, that a faithless person would have on the things of this life. That's correct. And and I love what Jesus says in the second part of that, because he offers to them, in a sense, the Pharisees, uh, something they didn't ask for. Uh, and he said, the second commandment is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So if you follow this line of thought through, um, we start with the love of God in our hearts with all of our strength, with all of our soul, with all of our might. Uh, and then Jesus pivots us to loving the Lord our God with all of our mind. Uh, and then he says, um, if you want to know that you're doing that well and you're doing that right, uh, there's an application for that. And the application, of course, is to love your neighbor as yourself. And then what happens after that, he tells a story about the Good Samaritan. So there will never be a distinction 
uh, between the idea of faith and reason because faith and reason always has an application. Uh, and that is, uh, how do we love God? How do we love ourselves? How do we love our neighbor? And then to what extent do we take that out? So that's, you know, in part, Carmen, that's why I love um, being involved in Christian higher education because we have the opportunity to bring students into this environment where we're expanding their intellect, but we're also expanding their understanding of who God is, who they are in their God-given design, and then how does that make a difference in the world? So it's intensely practical. Let's put it that way. We're listening. Uh, we're having a conversation with Dr. Corbin Hornbeek. He's the president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can find him at unwsp.edu. Um, Corbin, let's talk about this um, this phrase, liberal arts education, mm-hmm. because there there may be Christians who are saying, I don't want my kids to have a liberal education, but exactly. we want everyone to have a liberal arts education. So what is it and why is it important to the world today? Oh, that is a great question. I love it. And I know that that word stops many people in their tracks these days. Is that a political statement? Uh, and the answer to that is absolutely no. The word liberal simply means uh, broad. Now, if we go back um, and, and look at the foundings of uh, liberal arts education, it really takes us all the way back to uh, the Greek philosophers. Um, and so there's a philosophical aspect to this, Carmen. There's a really practical aspect. And, and as we get to know each other uh, in the years to come, you'll, you'll know that I always am going to push things to that, that place of practical application. But the philosophical part is really, really important. Uh, important. And the, the Greek philosophers um, really framed their thinking around three questions. And those questions is what? Number one, what is true? Uh, number two, what is good? And number three, what is beautiful? And so when we – those three questions are really important. But uh, in, the, in the world of Christian uh, education um, and our study of the scriptures, uh, classical Christian philosophy uh, suggests that there are maybe perhaps three more important questions. And those are who is God? Who am I? Uh, and what is my responsibility to God and others in the world? So that's – sort of frames the basis of a Christian liberal arts education around what we would call the biggest and great questions of life. Okay, so um, what is true, what is good, and what is beautiful um, could also be who is true, who is good, and who, who is beautiful, which then gets us into a conversation about God and his um, transcendental Absolutely. qualities and how we um, both understand those as attributes of God um, or uh, and how we then reflect, perceive, experience goodness, beauty, and truth in the world around us. So now we're talking about um, an integrated worldview where I don't just have a mind that is exploring questions, but I have a life that is then lived out um, in reality as the answers to those questions of goodness, beauty, and truth are applied to the practical realities of, you know, day-to-day. Absolutely. They're, they are fundamental um, to our growth as human beings. So let's, let's go all the way back to the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, we are told that we are created in the image of God. Uh, our humanity is not just a, a lump of clay or a lump of uh, cells. Uh, we are, in fact, created in the image of this triune God, this wonderfully infinite, um, immutable, uh, unchanging 
uh, triune God that we can't possibly as human beings get our mind and our hearts around. However, uh, we are created in that image. And the growth, uh, as we think about, you know, education, Christian higher education, all that part of the, uh, the most important part of what we do is to grow in our understanding of who we are in that uh, imago day, that uh, what it means to be created in the image of God. And it's an amazing exploratory uh, process. Now, uh, so much of education today is moving toward what we would call transactional education. Um, mm. You know, you pay for this and you get that. Uh, and it's very knowledge-based. It's very skills-based. Um, that's not bad. Uh, there's a place for that in that world, in our world. Um, but if we're really thinking about transforming the whole person, this holistic transform, uh, transformation of uh, mind, heart, soul, body, relationships, our relationship to others in the world around us, um, that's where we have an opportunity in the Christian liberal arts uh, world uh, to engage in that kind of education. We're talking with Dr. Corbin Hornbeek. He's the president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. We're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. And we're going to pursue a little more deeply these questions. What is true? What is beautiful? What is good? Who is God? Who am I? And what on earth am I on earth to do? Do those questions still matter? You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Hey, I'm Susie Larson. Hey, if you enjoy what you're listening to here, would you consider subscribing to other great Faith Radio podcasts like mine? Search Susie Larson Live at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit subscribe and have a great day. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your all right, I'm appreciating all of your snow pictures this morning on the text line, 877-933-2484. I've got a picture here from Jeff in Superior, Wisconsin. I got a picture or conversation going with Anita. They got a, a camping trip planned for the weekend that's now going to be winter camping, which is not what they had planned. Um, another picture from Superior. Wow, people, the, the people in Superior up this morning, and they have got their cameras out. So, uh, yeah, so thank you so much. Keep uh, keep communicating with me. Again, 877-933-2484. We're talking with Dr. Corbin Hornbeek. He's the president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can connect with him at unwsp.edu. Corbin, we are digging around in um, the value of Christian higher ed. Um, and we are, we've landed on the classical questions, what is true, what is beautiful, and what is good. Right. And then the questions that we, um, you know, are provoked to ask as spiritual beings, who is God, who am I, and what on earth am I on earth to do? <laughs> so those identity, belonging, and purpose questions. Exactly. Roam around in, um, in those questions and why they still matter today. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, the, the, that is the question. Do they matter today? Let me give you a couple reasons why they do matter today. Uh, so Carmen, a little while ago, is looking at a list of some of the jobs that exist today that didn't exist 10 years ago. Um, social media influencer. Uh, blockchain analyst. Uh, what is a blockchain? I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what a blockchain is to begin with. Uh, driverless car engineer, chief listening officer, uh, contract tracer. That came out of the uh, pandemic. Uh, but here's my favorite, esports game coaches. So um, how do these relate to those biggest questions in life? Um, and here's the answer, Carmen. Um, Number one, at a very practical level, 
this world is changing so fast and so rapidly, and out of that change is emerging all kinds of new careers, all kinds of new jobs, all kinds of uh, new endeavors and entrepreneurialism. What that means for people today, particularly young people today, is that they're going to have to reinvent themselves over and over and over and over. Uh, They are not going to work for the same company for 35 years or 40 years and then retire. Uh, They're going to create uh, solutions to problems in this world. They're going to create new technologies. They're going to create uh, new jobs. So those fundamental questions, uh, who am I? Who is is God? What are the big problems in the world that I am called to solve? Those are the kinds of uh, questions that a Christian liberal arts education helps uh, develop young people in. All right, I've got another one for you because we just talked to one of these guys yesterday, pastor of digital relationships, pastor of digital communities, digital pastor. Um, and so, yeah, that's a, uh, a, a consistent hire now yeah. among medium and, and large exactly. churches out there, which leads us to a conversation about Christian community. It sure does. Um, Christian, the Christian life, um, the experience of the Christian is not, you know, a lone ranger, just me and Jesus thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a confusion, I think, among many evangelical sure. Christians. Talk with us about the importance of Christian community and how Christian community, particularly on a Christian college campus, Mm -hmm. really does lead to a transformed life. Oh, you bet. Well, Carmen, as you just mentioned, uh, the reality is people are learning to live in community in different ways. And uh, whether you like it or not, and I personally am not a big fan of of living in digital relationships with other people, um, the reality is that churches and Uh, the ability to solve the problem of how do we reach people with the gospel, churches are using creativity uh, to address those questions and realize that people are on the move all over the place, all over the world, uh, and living lives that look very differently. However, um, the Bible and this amazing uh, this amazing transformational relationship that God calls us back into uh, to be in relationship with him through Jesus Christ uh, brings us to that place of understanding what does Christian community look like. Um, fundamentally, Carmen, I believe that Christian community is meant to be transformational. Uh, the idea of living life on life, as the Bible says, iron sharpens iron, uh, this opportunity for us to live in in close proximity and close community with each other uh, so that our ideas are tested, so that our uh, understanding is broadened, so that our understanding of, of wisdom, what's the difference between knowledge and wisdom, those are transformational kind of things that a, a, a Christian college experience uh, uh, offers, that uh, you can't maybe necessarily uh, cultivate that to the same degree if you're living in digital relationships with people. Yeah, um, folks texting in, um, Corbin, is how much they appreciate the conversation. And, you know, and then just also, you know, when people experience uh, a disconnect in their life um, from somebody with whom they are in a, uh, you know, in a primary intimate relationship, you know, the challenges that they're facing. So just, you know, just sharing that in terms of a ministry. Um, this this radio ministry, this digital ministry over MyFaithRadio.com, streaming around the world, or the way people listen via the Faith Radio app, um, this is very unusual for an institution of higher education like the University of Northwestern to have such a ministry. So mm-hmm. talk with us about um, the importance you place on this outreach, this media outreach yeah. to the world. 
Carmen, we are, uh, we are called, the Great Commission calls us to take the gospel uh, to every nation, tongue, and tribe everywhere in the world. Uh, that's our call. Uh, that is the commission that, that Jesus gave us after he was resurrected from the dead. Uh, that's the commission that he gave his disciples. That's the commission that transfers from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. So the beauty of the technology that we have, the beauty of, of having access to radio and a digital world is that we can reach around the world instantaneously. You think about, you know, when I was growing up, you had to send a letter and put a stamp on it. But this is a a world that we're living in when we have instantaneous contact, the ability to reach into and across boundaries into the lives and the hearts and the minds of people with the good news of Jesus Christ. So it is absolutely critical for us to do that. And I love the fact that it's connected to a Christ-centered university where we are able to propagate those values and, uh, and deepen the faith of young people who will be the next generation of the hands and feet and mind and heart of Christ. All right. I know you're super resistant to social media, but if you were <laughs> going to engage on social media, would it be on LinkedIn? Uh, just gonna, you know, guess. Yeah, like, where well, you, would you like for people to connect with you? Yes, I, I, I have a LinkedIn account, Carmen. That's, I know. I have. I'm a, on so, it, so, but you haven't so, ever posted anything, and you have a daughter <laughs> who could help you. I do have a daughter who, in, in uh. fact, she's offered to help me. She's on Instagram, uh, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in my family's on Instagram and social media, <laughs> and and I am not. I'm just. I, I confess. Okay, I'm. I'm it's really okay. behind, and and I'm. Feeling, no, no, I'm no. Feeling just in. Just inviting you, just inviting you. The the water on LinkedIn is warm. Yeah, well, so, very there good. Go. Well, let's, that would let's be heat my... it up a little bit. Yeah, there you go. There That's go. Dr. Corbin Hornbeek. What a delight um, to have a, such a wonderful president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. If you guys have never engaged with him and you want to connect, you can do so at the university's website, unwsp.edu. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. All right, on the Friday Farm Report, I am going to report on Deb's picture. I don't actually know where Deb's picture is from, but Deb has these beautiful, she's texted me at 877-933-2484, and it clearly snowed where Deb lives. And um, Deb texted me pictures. She's these beautiful rose bushes. Some of them are yellow. Some of them are pink. And they're covered in the first picture in snow. And then she says, this plant mama spent time brushing off the cold blanket this morning. Um, and so now we have pictures of these stunning rose bushes in, uh, a, uh, you know, a, a field of snow. It's just stunning. So, um, hey, when you see uh, flowers this morning anywhere in any, state of, uh, in any state of being, here's what I want you to, I want you to look up to heaven and I want you to thank God for sending you flowers. That's um. That's what I'm doing where I live. Like I see flowers, I see things that are blooming and I look up to the Lord and I say, thank you so much for sending me those flowers today. Uh, And if the leaves are falling where you are and they're changing color, thank God for that. Um, It's just stunning and amazing. And if the snow is falling where you are today, let's be lifting up prayers of gratitude for the ways in which um, God sends uh, water, right? Sometimes in just the right measure at just the right time to accomplish his will. Let's each one of us drink deeply of the living water of the Lord our God today. The well is deep. Be sure you're drinking from it, from the very word of the living God. Have a great weekend and God bless. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.